gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Hello, I'm Ross McLeod and this is Eight Sleep Suplex Retweets Driver Series 2019 Review. Before we meet our panel here and talk about WWE's second longest running pay-per-view in history, just a wee bit of housekeeping, suplexretweet.com is where you'll find all the links to our shows that are available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify and Android. Links to our social media such as Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, that's at suplexretweet. Previews, reviews and interviews, you want them, we've got them. All available on our free feed. As we mentioned there, Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, and also Patreon. We're now on Patreon, $1 a month, $4 a month, $6 a month. Give us your money. I don't mind how much you give us, just give us your money. So Seth agreed, can stop making this joke and we can stop ripping it up sometimes. <laughs> on the show today, uh, some of my panel are actually hosts of some of the massive content we are going to give you for just $4 a month. That's three fifty. That's a McDonald's meal. I mean... Could kill yourself with those things, do you know what I mean? We're, we're saving you and getting you a bit of wrestling pal. Do the panel? Wow, you're an incredible salesman. I know. First up, a man whose voice I'm sick of hearing. Nothing to do with the fact that this is the third podcast I've done with him in the past week. It's just that he irks me. He is the host of the Wednesday Night Wars on Patreon, David Hockney. How are you doing, Ross? I'm very well. It's the third time I spoke to you this week. Yeah, definitely. Like we've been we've been busy this week. Yes, I mean, and you were on your deathbed. You you a sniffle. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I was I was full of the sniffles uh, from the first recording, but I'm I'm, I'm a lot better now. Thanks. Okay. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I bet you're disappointed to hear that. Next up, a man who would like to be known as Mr. Savage, but who we all call Mrs. Topknot. It's Strack. <laughs> oh, I'm only taking cover that one. <laughs> Two minutes, I did it on the bus. <laughs> but you did a lot on the bus. Well, it vibrates. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyway. Up next is a man who lost the suplex retweet Predictions title via tiebreaker this weekend, continuing his bad run of cash-ins, backstabs and slip-ups, allowing us this brief moment to slag him before he wins the title for what seems like the 44th time. He is the co-host of NWA Power Trip with Stephen Wilson and my co-host on 205 for 25, it's Scott McLeod. Thank you very much and bringing you another show later on this week where we'll be looking at New Japan Pro Wrestling as well, so plug it everywhere. See, everywhere. Like the plague. <laughs> but a nice one. Next to me as well is a man who's a glutton for punishment as he stepped in and volunteered to spend a second week with us. For some reason not running for the hill. Please welcome Daniel Campbell. I am feeling very happy to be here, although I'm having to say that because in reality Stephen Wilson is currently holding me in a woman's submission right now. <laughs> so uh, I'll, I'll say happy things. So hi everyone. He's Help holding, me! He's holding your submission if he holds us all in submission by just talking to us. So, <laughs> <laughs> so don't, don't think it's just you, you're the victim. I've been pausing for 10 years, still trying to work out how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> me too. That's what happens, Rag, when you leave your drink unattended around him. <laughs> And finally, a man who you're more likely to get sour dough than sour grapes from. He's the only Scottish ring announcer with an IMDb page that includes taxi driver credit. Please welcome, <laughs> please welcome the host of our Scottish indie review show, which I wanted to call Indie Sausage Roll, but he might call Chiabata for days. It's Quackyachi. <laughs> <laughs> You know 
they said taxi driver, I thought of the other one. But the one cab oh. driver. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Delete, 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 delete. I was trying to go to you in the slide, but you just blurted that out. Give me the right person then. I love how I love how I'm trying my best not to crack Quacko again this week, and you've done it for me, so thank you. <laughs> so should we kick things off here with a bit of survival series review? Fifty. Yeah, if we have to. I mean, but here why not? So the kickoff show. We saw three matches on the kickoff show this year. First off, thank you very much to the New Day with their relentless and tiresome campaign on Twitter. The pre-show scores count this year, unlike last year. (laughs) (laughs) So, first off, just getting the reaction, one of the matches on the show was the NXT Tag Team Champions, the Undisputed Era, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, the New Day's Kofi Kingston and Big E, and the Viking Raiders, or whatever they're called this week, the Space Invaders maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Six of the most talented superstars on the roster, Scott. What was your reaction when this one got moved to the pre-show? I was I was kind of sad about it, and there was another match that I thought should have been moved to the pre-show because out of all the triple threat matches, I was at least excited about it. But once we get to, I think that inevitably that actually made it a lot better when we actually got it. But you know, eventually, like somebody's got to get moved to the pre-show, and like when you've got a match like this, hopefully it makes the pre-show a lot more exciting, a lot more worth tuning in for. And, Kind of what the New Day have done in that lot in the past. They did it with the Usos back in 2017. Like, all right, you're gonna put us on the pre-show. We're gonna steal the show before the show even starts. That's a good point, uh, Daniel. What were your thoughts when uh, this match got moved to the pre-show? I was, I was honestly expecting it to be on the main show. Like, I was, when I heard the reaction, like it's gonna be the. Like, I thought the best move would have been to have all the champions versus champion matches take place on the show because it's it's gonna be a big deal. It's mm. the first time you have NXT being involved. And then you put it on the pre-show. Like it, it almost feels like they were saying, "Yeah, we're not really fussed about it. We just want to focus on these other ones." It, it kind of, it, it almost ruined my thought of the match because I was gonna be like, "Oh, this is gonna be like a really bad throwaway one." Then the match happens, and my opinion changed very quickly. Strike. This obviously is hard to decide what matches get moved to the pre-show because it is part of the WWE pay-per-view now. It is part of the network schedule. Do you think? Another match should have been moved here, or do you think, unfortunately, these guys with the right call have been moved to the pre-show? No, I, I think that should have been a main show, main show match easily. What I would have moved would have been the women's. The, the only thing I kind of kept it, and the main one for me was like, Team NXT. No. But I'm watching the women's match, and I'm like, it seems like sometimes people don't know what to do, mm-hmm. and it looked a bit slow and a bit juttery. And I'm like, this the the title tag title matches should have been in its place. And I would have moved that maybe done, but it was a solid match. This thing, it was it was really good. And I'm like, why was this pre-show material? I mean, how long was the, the pay-per-view on? Was it three and a half hours? Uh, three and a half hours, yeah. Yeah, just under. Three and the show's hours. normally like, no four hours. So I'm like, ah, you could have mm-hmm. had a full show, no had this in preview. You could have done yeah. the main show anyway. You could have easily added another match. Aye, because yeah, the, the pre-show's like two hours on these big four, so they got to fill it somehow. Yeah. I th- I just made it a new one. Made it an extra. I made a longer pay per view. Yeah. I don't understand why. Exactly. Such a long pre show. So, Dave, with this match on the pre show, did it hamper your, your enjoyment of it anyway, or do you think the guy still delivered? I mean, when you've got three teams like that, you mean there's no no doubt in my mind that they were going to deliver, especially when two out of the three teams competed on NXT TV and they absolutely tore the house down. Like undisputed era, Bobby and Kyle got delivered and a five-star match with the Revival and just to see them get moved to the pre-show I was disgusted like 
how dare they disrespect Bobby and Kyle like that. And the Viking Raiders as well, you know, it looked like they were going to squash the Forgotten Sons, but it actually turned out to be quite an interesting match. So seeing them in that position, I was I was annoyed at it. But at the same time, I was actually quite happy with how they got on. So, sorry. If anything, like, the people should be annoyed about, like, main point contention for this being moved to Peugeot is Kofi being a part of the New Day. He was WWE champion like a month or so ago, or even less than that. And he's on the Peugeot of the next Big Four pay-per-view when he was in one of the main marquee matches of the last Big Four against Randy Orton. So, in that sense, that you can see why people were annoyed about it. But like I said, it's about even if you're on the Peugeot, it's about going out there and putting on a hell of a show to prove like we should, we should, we are, we are main show worthy. Uh, Quacko, just are you like me where it's a case of it's one of the unfortunate things where the pre-show needs a marquee match and this was one of the ones that was unfortunately expendable yeah I'm going to put a different voice on this one what would you have swapped it with and plus you need to have that kind of match that because don't forget it's going out on YouTube mm-hmm. and Facebook Live mm-hmm. they need some matches not just that oh it's a pre-show of and in fact, to be honest with you, that was a hell of a pre-show. Mm-hmm. That Cruiserweight title match mm-hmm. was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tag team match was just sublime. So, like, you need to have those matches to entice people to subscribe to the WWE Network mm-hmm. and give them all your money. Uh, is, there is still those out there that don't have the WWE Network that do only tune in for the big fours and maybe buy on Skybox Office or, you know, in paper, on pay-per-view in America. Or use their mates. Or use their mates, yes. <laughs> he offered. <laughs> yeah, for no way out 2000 for a Patreon show, not Survivor Series weekend. What was I meant today? Log it? Yes! Now, by the way, it's not like Netflix. Uh, so, it was a great match, I think. I, much like Waku, I don't know what you could have swapped it with. Viking Raiders picked would, up the. Would there be the NXT title match then? Exactly. Absolutely not. Absolutely. Well, here's, here's, don't you dare. Here's, well, there you go. Something <laughs> might trigger Dave. Do you remember the Royal Rumble 2018 when Bobby Roode put out an open challenge for the US title? It was answered by Mojo Rawley and everyone was like, Mojo Rawley, really? That was because it was originally supposed to be... Try and I'll hit you. It was Adam Cole and he was... Triple H fought to get him in the Royal Rumble because he thought a main roster Royal Rumble spot would be more prestigious than a seven-minute pre-show US title match. So Mojo Rawley was put in. So sometimes you have to disappoint in the pre-show because the big show is... <laughs> the big show is <laughs> But yeah, Viking Raiders were the win for Team Raw and I hope they enjoyed that because we'll later it was the only win they got all night. Well, serves them right. <laughs> and, they only got, and they still got chewed out the next night even though I they know. won their match. Yeah. So, uh, Quacko touched on it as well. The NXT Cruiserweight title match, NXT's Leo Rush, Raw's Akira Tozawa and SmackDown's Kalisto. A last minute addition to the card, but I thought a great match. Dave, Kalisto shown a bit of heel, a bit of heel personality recently, a bit of personality period. Yeah, I think because Lucha House Party broke up a match between Seth Rollins and Andrade on Raw. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, why are, why are they doing that? The only like... Unless they're sort of teasing a heel turn, so I mean, I didn't know what to think of. I thought first, I thought maybe it was just a, a SmackDown invasion, but yeah, definitely a lot more heelish tendencies on the part of Kalisto in this one. Scott, uh, NXT, you know, getting a big win here, cruiserweight title featured in a more, even though it's still in the pre-show, a more 
productive way, if you will. Yeah, I didn't realise this was going to count as part of like an NXT win because I keep thinking they keep doing this whole thing with two or five live votes. It's still going. That's cancelled. That's back on. And then NXT, the cruiserweight division's in full sale as part of NXT. So it's a weird thing with the division. You don't quite know where it stands because I just seen all these guys as like guy members of two or five live. Whereas it because you're there to represent Raw, is he? Because since the draft, it's really so hard to keep up. Like when people do the invasions, it's actually quite helpful that they're wearing the shirts because otherwise, I wouldn't know where they were. Uh, <laughs> Daniel thoughts on Leo Rush because he was he was sort of being humbled in NXT his first time round. Then he was Bobby Lashley's. I thought it was great, but he was meant to be like brash and obnoxious and the hype man for Bobby yeah. Lashley. He was just used to take the pins most time against Finn Balor. And now he's shown what he can do on his own, you know, yeah. the you know, the natural charisma he has. Mm, like, I'll, I'll be honest, at first I really was not a big Leo Rush fan. Just the way he was being brought on TV, I was like, if this is all he's going to be, why would I get interested? I know it's really harsh to say something like that. But then watching him in NXT now, watching him get to actually show what he can do, I love what he's doing. He's can absolutely fantastic. I, can I say why that was, maybe? Because of the way Elias buried him, but in a funny way. Who's <laughs> <laughs> kids is that? You're not going to take the guy serious. Hello, I am Elias. <laughs> yes, is this child protection services? <laughs> <laughs> and Strike, just to wrap us up, you obviously, NXT is your show, it's the only show you watch regularly in WWE. How have you liked the cruiserweights being moved there? Because you're obviously as well a big WCW cruiserweight fan. See, I'd, it's really strange because it seems to be a day things in the, the WWE game and then it happens, it's kind of like a prophecy. <laughs> I'd done this ages ago, I thought, move all the, the cruiserweights to NXT because if it's going to move to a two-hour show, they're going to have a solid home and you're mm. not going to give them a match after SmackDown's finished. Yeah. When the crowd's burnt out, can't even board and want to go home. Yeah. And then people are putting on great matches, but people like that couldn't really care less. I want to get home, the Wayne's half sleeping and I have no money left. Right. I bought a giant foam horn and a two figures <laughs> at $125 <laughs> yeah so obviously good to see the Cruiserweight division being taken more seriously good to see it added on the show NXT picking up their first win of the night just before we move on we're, we're not really going to discuss it because it was a standard fair battle royal uh, Smackdown got their first win on the board they were first on the board Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode because reasons uh, picked up <laughs> the greatest tag team of all time I right. was so annoyed about that of all the teams <laughs> right. so we have a minute left just before we move on Kwaku you're a massive Street Profits fan even even if it wasn't the Street Profits would Gallows and Anderson not have made more sense seeing as they were the best tag team in the world or Street Profits who have been prominently featured in yes. this whole invasion angle yes mm-hmm. but even like if you're going to give the one to Smackdown mm-hmm. I would have preferred Heavy Machinery well see mm-hmm. that would have given them that push they need they were taken out by Imperium mm-hmm. and this whole build up on the Smackdown on, in Manchester mm-hmm. surely that would have been a better redemption but so it's got quite a little moment like the thing about the Smackdown they didn't explain the rules because they seem to be only one member needs to get eliminated like they used to do back in the day, but mm-hmm. I don't think they explained it because Gallows gets knocked off the rope. I thought, oh, but Anderson's still in because I thought the OC were going to win. And then all you see is Anderson just slowly roll into the bottom rope and then they're never seen again. Like, are they gone? Is that it? So, obviously, everyone gets a win on the pre show, everyone gets a turn, and we move on. So, before we go on to Brand Warfare in the second half, we're going to talk uh, in detail about the three world title matches we had on the show how cool was that three world title matches on the show mm-hmm. so we're going to kick things off with the first match on the show which was number one contender Pete Dunne he wins at War Games 
war games which you'll hear about on Wednesday night uh, wars mm-hmm. with yep. David Hockney on our Patreon service yeah we'll do a bit of a fallout review on that uh, Pete Dunn wins the triple threat against uh, Killian Dane and Damien Priest taking on a man who's had a hell of a week a man who has had <laughs> a ladder match a war games and now an NXT title match Adam Cole baby <laughs> No, Daniel. Don't Daniel, you bloody start. Daniel, d- 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 you stop. <laughs> Never mind starting. You stop. We try not to encourage this behaviour. Please, just call him Mr. Cole from now on. No, we're calling him Adam. Just Adam. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, surname redacted. I'm finding it his real name, and we're going to start calling him that. Austin. 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 <laughs> Brett Baker's boyfriend, Austin, against Pete Dunn. <laughs> Mr. Baker. <laughs> Mr. Baker, yes. Not just Quacky's nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Master Baker, but anyways. Oh, no. <laughs> Coming from you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's why it was meant to be funny. Anyway. Pinned ourselves with my Christmas killed. Adam Cole, Pete Dunn. Scott, weird seeing an NXT title match. Did they give him a golden toilet roll? <laughs> <laughs> weird seeing an NXT title match in the mid card, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird, and there was rumours that this one was actually going to get moved to the, the kickoff. I don't know how kind of vi- viable those rumours were, but it's kind of glad that they it wasn't moved because it would have made Pete Dunne's efforts in the triple threat quite pointless because that was a great match, and basically given that it was following the first war games of the night, but. Yeah, I, was, I thought that Pete Dunne for a bit was kind of the obvious choice to win the triple threat but that that's nothing against this match in general because it was a great back and forth match it was right in the middle of the card where you thought this is around about the point of the night where people start getting worn out and then wake back up a bit later on but no, they kept the crowd invested and also some of the counters that they did as well were really good and all the fact that Cole was in, kind of injured he's even with the, the taped ribs and yet he still felt like the dastardly heel because it's weird to hate somebody when you know they've got an injury. Right, Pete Dunn had the knee braces, yeah. well, so it really did sell the fact that these guys were banged up from the night before. Mm-hmm. Strack, what are your thoughts on the match? Really good storytelling, really good. The fact that Adam Cole was trying to... You can see through the match, he was kind of trying to get, them, get the match undone way quickly, mm-hmm. taking heavy shots at Pete Dunn, mm-hmm. and then Pete Dunn obviously showing that he was banged up, and then... He was trying to pull out anything he could because he knew Adam Cole was injured and tried to take any opportunity for any weakness. And I'm like, the match was really well put together and the storytelling through it was just perfect. I think it made it so good. They didn't even need to hit big moves, but they did. Mm-hmm. But they didn't even need to because it was so well planned out. I was like, this is honestly almost contention for matching the night. Mm-hmm. Plus, obviously, there is the trouble with these things, David, where, you know, winner of night one gets a shot in night two mm-hmm. not really a story there but you know there's the history of Pete Dunne and the Undisputed Era yeah. that was you know it's been brought up on TV recently and it was played really well yeah absolutely and you know not to I think Pete Dunne was uh, Pete Dunne in that triple threat at least it was given purpose so mm-hmm. I think having that for the benefit of being on War Games to have a follow up on Survivor Series I think that was the storytelling there but, you know, Strack said it best, you know, there was a lot of hard-hitting spots given that they were both, you know, nursing injuries and the sequence at the end, you know, with the counters and the spots they were doing. I, I thought Cole was going to win by count-out at one point. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how much good storytelling it was. But that finishing sequence, that just absolutely made the match for me. And like Strack said, probably one of the matches of the night, but maybe not my personal match of the night because we'll discuss that in a bit. Daniel? I was... Like when when I found out it was Pete Dunne that was going to get a title match, instantly my first thought was, "We're going to get something good." Mm-hmm. Like that, there was no, there's no even an, an, a denial about it. Just it's going to be good no matter what. And sure enough, like 
I, I noticed that the crowd were kind of, you know, they were reacting to points, but then it was when they, oh, I can't mind what the what was Adam Cole did, and they get that near fall, the crowd just burst alive on that one. I think mm. they not hit the last shot because I think they both kicked out. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Finishes, yeah. 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 But was... the, 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 the finisher kick out, the crowd go nuts, and you get that shot. The two of them are just practically sitting side by side after kicking out, and you just see Cole's face, where it's just like, the hell am I doing? Like it's, it, mm. He was probably asking himself that, just like, I'm wrestling after having all those bumps from the other night. I fell mm. off a cage. Yes. Yeah. He took so many nasty bumps, especially when being the victim of the Panama Sunrise. Because mm-hmm. he took one on the apron and then yeah. he countered the bitter end into a Panama Sunrise. That was oh, insane. That was, mm-hmm. that was gorgeous. Adam Cole seems to be one of these guys, you know, we've seen it with, we even had a wee call back to the Ricochet one where yes. he, he super kicks. Uh, he's done when he's back living in midair, yeah. He's trying to do the moonsault. Adam Cole's matches quite good. They always seem to have these sensational counters. <laughs> he's, he has a real master at his craft. And mm. gets you involved, and gets gets you suckered in, as we can see to the left here. Yes. And um, also, I think my move of the night has to be the Panama Sunrise on the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> no, Kate Supreme. It's the hard- that quiet. <laughs> That's the hardest part of the ring, Maggle. <laughs> like it's, it's a testament to a good match, and that when you even though you know deep down who's probably going to win, when they can lure you in even for just a second with a near fall, mm. you, you think. And also, they said about how. Well, we're in Chicago, this is the same venue where Pete Dunne won the United Kingdom Championship from Tyler Bate mm-hmm. and there were people then who thought Tyler's only been the champion for a few months, they're not going to take him off it this soon and then Dunne won it like there so mm-hmm. there was always, even if there was just the slightest possibility that Dunne would win, that was enough to, to lure you in. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's good to have a bit of false sense of security. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Dave. I was going to say, I think the only thing missing from this match was Mauro's commentary. Yeah. See, I don't think Michael Cole did a bad job, and we'll try not to talk about the whole ugly yeah. Graves Marrow situation. Not to take anything away from Michael Cole, like you know, he actually did pretty good, but having Beth and Nigel was fine. Yeah, and something. Well, if we're going to talk about commentary, four of us in this room watched War Games together on Saturday night. Watching it myself, listening to Nigel McGuinness, it wasn't quite the same with Stacey Smith repeating it in her. <laughs> Subpar at best impression of Nigel McGuinness just every two minutes he's hit a finisher like, stop it Stacey I didn't know Nigel McGuinness was a chimney sweep no they, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is doing well, that's it that's what she does she yeah. does it and you're like ah. was he in Newry Poppins mm. well, I was going to say for, I said to her she for the same part I'm going to Dick Van Dyke <laughs> <laughs> he hit so worth the chim chimney <laughs> <laughs> oh just before we get back to the match I love recently Nigel, every time Angel Garza takes his trousers off to reveal his trunks, the horror when he goes, Beth, you're a married woman, why are you looking at this? <laughs> Cover your eyes, Beth! <laughs> so, obviously, we mentioned the reversals, the spots. Dave Strack, was there ever any doubt in your mind that Adam Cole was winning with the, the lack of, you know, you know, the one-day build-up, if any? Did you think they were always going to keep it on Cole? Or do you, was there a thought in your mind that maybe they're going to hit with a surprise here? Nah, see the thing is, obviously we know the way wrestling goes. I don't care if a title changes on or who wins. I just want to see a good match. Mm-hmm. I, I, at the end of it, I'm not saying this it doesn't matter who wins or who loses. It kind of does, but see if it's a really entertaining match. Mm-hmm. You ever watched a film and it's been amazing? Then you get to the end and the end's crap. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Mm-hmm. Let it too. <laughs> Brilliant film. Go to the end. Shit. 
<laughs> so it's like that. Strike, the strike match at the movies coming to Suplex Retreat Patreon. <laughs> but it's just like that. It's you. You go. I don't care who's. It's not. I don't care who's in this match. I don't care if he wins or he wins. If you go, I'm gonna put these two together. You're like, oh, can't wait for this. And you're like, he's probably gonna win. Don't care. Because you just want to see two of them rip up. There, AEW was Trent Beretta versus Pentagon. You watched it yet? Anybody? No, you can tell me. No. Oh, what a match. And I don't care who wins this. Was that on Dark? Aye. Right, watch Oh, it. what a match. I'm like, I don't even care who wins this. Just a good, just two solid guys going for it. And it was amazing. Uh, Daniel Scott mentioned how the Chicago, you know, the Chicago arena where he won the UK title was enough to put a wee bit of doubt in your mind. Mm. Strack says he doesn't care, just the fact that the match was good was enough. Did you ever think Pete Dunne was winning, or do you think with the push Adam Cole said recently they were keeping it firmly on him? I think that like, if they were going to have like a moment where maybe it was like, oh, Adam Cole's going to lose the title, then that would have made sense on the basis of what he'd went through at War Games. Mm-hmm. But because they had Adam Cole being so heavy on the offence at the start, that was me thinking, okay, he's probably going to keep the title. Plus, if they're going to build over to whatever's happening at the next takeover, mm-hmm. then they wouldn't just do a sudden switch right there because then that would instantly tell us, okay, it'll be done and Cole again. Mm. But doing this and having Cole retain the title, that means we can perhaps get you know something new in the future, which they probably will be. Fair enough. So from our first world title match of the night to our second, the fiend Bray Wyatt with his new blue universal title. I love it. <laughs> Me too. Oh, same same right. crappy red lighting. We hate it. <laughs> against the new Daniel Bryan. The the build of this match, Dave, was a bit of a strange one. It was mm. you know, it was all based on Daniel Bryan. Like, is Daniel Bryan unhinged? Mm. And then you get the most unhinged person on the planet. You get Bray Wyatt going come play with me <laughs> <laughs> I mean if that doesn't sound creepy enough I don't know what is but yeah it, the, this storyline was more focused on Daniel Bryan than The Fiend largely because you know Bryan's been in some very sort of up and down storyline booking over the last few months and he's almost it's almost as if he's lost his identity a bit so The Fiend sort of teasing him a bit you know trying to say is he unhinged is he he killed the yes movement and then there was teases of him possibly bringing it back and that's what happened so um, I'm glad for it, but I don't know. I just felt there was something missing from this match. Like the the it factor wasn't there because it wasn't about the feuds between these two. It was more focused on just one competitor, and I, I don't know. I felt I just took something away from it. Scott, yeah, like I said, I like the new blue belt, but like, I don't see why he still do the red light. And I, I even said on Twitter, like, are they going to do the Sin Cara light now that the belt's blue and he's on SmackDown? <laughs> it's <laughs> like uh, stinging the police with rocks, and you don't have to put on the red light. We're going to edit that out, Dave, and we're going to do it to protect you from you. Scott, please continue. <laughs> like, the match wasn't like... I, I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> see what you've done? See what you've done? Scott, the, match, sorry, the match wasn't like overly like long, but I think that's all plays in the fact that Brian's throwing everything at The Fiend, much like Seth Rollins was, but The Fiend keeps coming back at him. And to be fair, with The Fiend still being fresh, I don't want him doing matches that are like 20, 25 minutes. I'm fine with like at most 15 minutes because he's an attraction. People want to see him and like he's still fresh. And while well, it was like I like the out of nowhere like nature of the ending, like Brian runs him, he's given into the yes thing, but that allows Bray just that opportunity to catch him. Just the moment where he's struggling, just the arm fades and like he's done. Struck. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's just me, but I could not care less about Daniel Bryan now. 
I just, I just don't, I'm, I'm don't see. Oh, he's a, he's in a world title shot. Don't care. Oh, he's tagging this person. Don't care. I just, I'm like, ah, I don't think there's really much more they can do with him. They need something. And I think it was kind of just. Oh, he's not got anything to do. We need somebody to get you Bray Wyatt. I would stay this match. See, I think part of that is the fact that his heel turn last November when he defeated AJ Styles and SmackDown for the title. It's a title change out of nowhere. It's a heel turn out of nowhere. He had a smashing match with Brock Lesnar. He had two great matches with AJ Styles. We then had the whole Kofi Mania thing, mm-hmm. which was really good. You know, it was it was seven months of just great storylines, and then you know That's he's it. not on TV. Yeah, games are But then he's SmackDown tag champ. But then he's not on TV again. Then he's you know tagging with Roman because we need to turn him face again. It's just I think he's just been a victim of his own success. Because at the start of the year, he was exceptional. Mm-hmm. I think what's happened is the same kind as the Attitude Era. It peaked and it peaked and it peaked and it peaked, and then Mania was his peak. And after that, you're like, oh, we've nearly went. Mm-hmm. We kind of keep going up. Mm-hmm. So, it needs to come back down. Mm-hmm. They'll probably give him something and it probably will build up again. Mm-hmm. So, be interesting to see what they do with him there. The Fiend thing, I think, is hilarious. See the fact that he gets kicked in the face, mm-hmm. he gets dropped on his head and pops straight back up. Oh, I think that's so funny. I'd- it's... I'd actually like to see him see what like, the mask Kane used to have, where it's like you can see the mouth. No, wa- no, 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 because I want to see him with the Joker's Heath Ledger style smile there, but I also want to see Bray Wyatt laughing at people when they try to take him down. I, I, I want to see that. Because <laughs> I think the, the mask is perfect because it kind of, with the eyes underneath, that's all you can see. Mm-hmm. You can still hear him laughing under the mask, mm-hmm. and then he's, he started doing that thing now, he's sticking his tongue out. Which is oh, yeah. funny. That that creeped me out. Aye, Aye. So I'm like, this is yeah. kind of perfect. It's kind of like the old school Undertaker and Kane kind of put together the the creepy stuff and then getting hot, sit straight back up. And you're like, I hot me the flying knee. And who was it? So the commentary says he beat Batista, Randy Orton, Triple H in one night, and then <laughs> two right. seconds later he hits Bray Wyatt, he pops straight back up, and oh, it was we mentioned uh, Michael Cole being on commentary. A great line where you just hear the disgust in his voice when Bray Wyatt sticks his tongue out because he's in the middle of the sentence. He goes, How do you combat against him? He sticks the tongue out. He goes, That thing! <laughs> <laughs> it's just genuine shock and horror, just like, Jesus. So, Daniel Strack mentioned, We're hoping we find something for Daniel Bryan. Yeah. The pre match promo, it looks like that something could be with The Miz. Would you? They didn't. They kind of botched the Miz Daniel Bryan feud the first time. Would you be for it this time? The one thing that worries me is that they've already had. They've tried like what three goes at Miz and that like two. That they had two proper goes with Miz and Bryan already. Mm-hmm. The original run when Bryan started on the main roster in 2010, and then you know just everything that's kind of followed recently, even with the mixed tag stuff that happened, like unless they're gonna actually give us like Daniel Bryan and the Miz world title at Wrestlemania I'm, I'm not really fast about it Quacko you seem to agree with that is that, is that what you want? So they need to get them together <laughs> but apart mm-hmm. at the same time like having little little facts at this TV or mm-hmm. something like that don't have them fighting until one of them is a champion then Mania done I think the thing with the Brian like, face turn is I think they've realised like, as good as he had that heel run you look at the way SmackDown is shaping up after the draft, you've got this unstoppable heel champion, this monster in Bray Wyatt who has the title. Your only other real main event babyface other than Brian is Roman. Mm-hmm. And I think they know 
pushing Roman into that spot to maybe take the belt from Fiend is probably like mm-hmm. will bring back what happened before. Mm-hmm. So like, they need another viable like main event face, and the only other option that's as over and popular the crowd is probably Brian. I think as well, uh, Dave. Someone like Daniel Bryan, we saw when The Fiend took on Finn Balor. Mm-hmm. Finn Balor, beloved face, booed out the building against The Fiend. Yeah. Seth Rollins, you know, last year everyone was calling for him to be champion. Booed out the building twice against The Fiend. Fans are fickle. Yeah. Is it just a case of <laughs> they need that mega heel? They need Bryan WrestleMania 30. Sorry, mega face. Yeah. They need Bryan WrestleMania 30 levels of, you know, cheering to go mm. up against someone like The Fiend there was uh, rumours floating around about it and you know what I'd be happy to see Brian get another shot at The Fiend but there was actually a rumour going around online on dirt sheets and it was the way that you know how sort of Bray Wyatt's been very sort of really good with long term booking and very mystique about his storytelling mm-hmm. of The Fiend I don't know if you've noticed this but Finn Balor and Seth Rollins when they got the Mandible Claw it was Bray was using his right hand, which has this glove that says heart on it. And then a few months down the line, Finn Balor and Seth Rollins are now both heelish characters. Whereas with Brian, that finish, he used his left hand, which had heel on it. Like heel, H-E-A-L. And people are saying, is this a, is this a really very subtle hint that Brian could be healing his character and re, reinvigorating the yes movement? Because if it is, that's some next level. So you're saying the fiend is Jesus. (laughs) 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 If you heal with one hand, then hurt with the other. other. And catering, there are only five loaves and two fishes. I don't even know what to say to that. Before we get into you know religion, which is something we don't want to touch on this podcast. Sorry, sorry, the next week if he turns water uh, water into wine, I'll be like yes. (laughs) The fire. He's in turn a red title blue though. (laughs) See. we are describing that as like something of a bloody David Lynch film, that. Uh, uh, <laughs> like the, the Firefly Funhouse on the Go Home Smackdown before WrestleMania is going to be Mercy, Huskus, and everyone just having a Last Supper style like promo <laughs> on Daniel Bryan before this. Who's, who's, who's <laughs> Judas, by the way? <laughs> oh. Sister Abigail. <laughs> Not Randy Orton. There you go, there's your Judas. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, you, you mentioned WrestleMania. There's been rumours online it's going to be Roman the Fiend at WrestleMania. Pretend you didn't hear that there. I'm just going to go quickly around the panel for a last minute. Who would you have the Fiend take on at WrestleMania if he was going to lose? Daniel? Mm, oh, I don't know. Oh, m- maybe. No, actually, no. I think I think Fiend has to win the a win at WrestleMania. Okay. Like, cause I think they can keep him going for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Like, even probably like if they actually played it right. They could have him lose at the next WrestleMania after that. Fair enough. It's got just a name. Harper? I don't know. Harper? Harper? I can't think of anybody. Because like, I want him to win at WrestleMania. Oh, no, no. He, he doesn't have to. You can say no to him. I know. Because like, the only other people I can think of is Roman, and that will not go down well. There you go. David, quickly. I'd rather see Brian than Roman. Brian. Mm. Brian at WrestleMania yeah. again. Strack, who would you like to see the Fiend face at WrestleMania? Win, lose, or draw? To win, Undertaker and retire him. Yes. Title show. versus retirement. Boom. Mm-hmm. And oh, then yes. go. Quacker, you agree with that? That was what I was going to say. Fair enough. That's a good wee segment to end it on. And for our last segment of this half, we're going to talk about the third world title. World titles galore on this show. Second so last Oprah, night. you get a world title. You, you get, get a world, world title. title. <laughs> you get a world title. <laughs> 
Vince's favourite things. <laughs> Everyone gets to defend their title except you, Walter. You ain't the survivors. Uh, Walter, well, you get in the match. Everybody enjoy the world titles. <laughs> so we have WWE Champion Brock Lesnar with Paul Heyman against Rey Mysterio. I thought this was a fun back and forward match. Scott, the no toll, no, no bars. No bars. Yes. <laughs> I, I've been working, I've been up since 4am, I cannot speak. Scott, take over for me here. Talk about the WWE title match. This was, I thought Brian Fiend was a bit short, and then this match came on like, Paul Lesnar wants to get up the road for East Enders down. And I properly a bit for the Dominic interference, mm-hmm. him getting involved with Lead Pipe, and then. He, he Dominic goes up and does the splash, and then Brock then just pops back up, like like you press quick recovery on in two K twenty, just bro yeah. <laughs> up mm. F five done. There were so many Dragon Ball Z references throughout that night as well, because obviously you've got the father son teaming up against the 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 villain, and then later on we get to see a spirit bomb. <laughs> oh god. Good lord, I feel like it was re-virginized listening to that strike. Please don't leave us. What do re-virginized? The thing with this match is, I was, what, I, I was never actually really paying attention. And then I seen Ray Mysterio come out and I went, oh, that's horrible gear. Um, it's like cosplay gone wrong. But, I like it. Oh, it's horrible. But it's, it's, see when he came out, I went, why has he got a toilet roll wrapped in masking tape? And then they went, oh, it's a lead pipe. Oh, sure it is. <laughs> like, this is not a lead pipe, but... Jenk, it was like, the, you know, when you get to the yeah, last... You must drop some serious jobbies if you think that's a toilet roll. No, you just like, blue pe- like, heart attack. You get PVA glue, and you put it all together. Did you want me to come in going, here's one I made earlier? Hi, you Buchanan going, to make a lead pipe, all you need is this. Did you think it looked like, you know, when you get to the last wee thin bit of... Kitchen paper on the roll. That's what it looked like. You, yeah. can, uh, you can see the. Again, what mess are you creating that you think that thing is toilet paper? It's an industrial site. Go to Costco. Get your money's worth. And then anyway, back to the match. Walter's son comes in. <laughs> Walter's son. Yeah, son. it looks like Walter. Well, he looks like Walter. <laughs> or Samoa Joe. Take your pick. But. I just kind of went. That There's this. a list of wrestlers that could be his dad, and it's not Eddie or Ray. That's oh, you know, they, <laughs> it's all the guys that they originally pitched that storyline with. <laughs> but it was just one of matches where you like, right, we know Brock's going to win because they're not going to give his Ray with the title because Fox won't. Allow, hold on. No, he's on Raw now. He's on Raw. He's on Raw. I was like, they're probably not going to allow that. So it's just going to be one of the matches where you like, yeah, again, two guys you put together. Brock's just going to launch Ray about left, right, and centre, which he did. And then the thing at the end, and then you're like, okay, next. <laughs> uh, Dominic getting involved was great. Oh yeah, that, that was a that was a good match. But Daniel, uh, a good bit of long term storytelling from Brock Lesnar. It's not something you usually get with Brock Lesnar feuds. It's usually, you know, his match of the month because he has to defend the title every three months. Yeah. But it's the third title defense he's had since October fourth. Sorry, the third title match he's been in since October fourth. Yeah. And I'd say this was my favourite one so far. Like, because well, there's only one about three minutes. Yeah, like, I mean, that, that would help it as well. I mean, like, obviously, like the Co- the Kofi match, like they had to do a quick switch just to try. And, I think mainly just to protect Kofi as, as best as they could in that situation, even though it, it didn't really do much. Then the the Saudi Arabia match, like obviously it was hampered by Cain Velasquez being hurt. This one, you had Rey Mysterio at his best. You had Brock Lesnar at his best. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to one of my, my friends at work and he was like, I'm not really looking forward to it. And I said to him, look, you've got them both at the best condition that they've been in in years. We're going to get something good out of this. And 
I was surprised like when Mysterio comes down when he came up with the Joker I'm just like okay he's really going serious on this one <laughs> this is just why so serious mm-hmm. uh, I actually sent Scott a, a, if any show of hands who's seen the new Joker film I don't like to be depressed oh, fair enough. <laughs> well there's a line when he and not, I'm not going to date because you've ruined it now you've ruined come on it. tell me the line right, it's, what do you get when you abandon society and turn the people against each other you get what you deserve and I sent it to Scott what happens when you attack a man's son and put him in the hospital? You get what you even deserve. <laughs> the two low blows was hilarious. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, just a, a bollock each. I <laughs> <laughs> I like Brock that's, Lesnar. That's extra analysis, there, McGinnis. <laughs> it's a bollock each. Imagine that, Major McGinnis, shout! Oh, straight to the bollocks. <laughs> it's going to be available next year in 2K21 as a tag team finisher, and it's called the Two Bollock Special. <laughs> well, he used to have diving tackles, and this is football, so I'd, I'd definitely bump for that in WWE. <laughs> oh, good God, I don't want to be. <laughs> we've had Jesus, and now we've got a two ball special. <laughs> uh, I like Brock Lesnar, and he's no whole bars starter matches. He's uh, he's really good at selling something he doesn't get a chance to do much in normal matches, you know, because he's just. He's brought Lesnar, he, he picks people up and throws them, you know what I mean? With the greatest of eases, Booker T would say. But these no DQ matches, they make Brock vulnerable and you tend to bite quite a bit, you know, even if you know and you know, hundred percent he knows, Rey Mysterio's not winning here. There's always that wee Oh because mm-hmm. he sells it so well. Mm. Yeah, because uh, Paul Heyman, you know, he's got a big creative mm-hmm. role in Raw and he takes charge of all of Brock's like storylines ever since he came back. And like you can tell, Heyman knows you can't have Brock sell in the way he does so often because when he does do that, that will log you and it mm-hmm. means more mm-hmm. when someone like Brock is properly selling. And it lulled me in because I believe for just a second, is, is we actually going to do mm-hmm. this? Because yeah. you know, I think we have we son getting involved two on one, surely this would lead to it. And then like we forget Brock is not human. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's that, that double six one nine, like I popped for it. Like not just because, you know, it was like two guys taking down like. The, the big man but it's the fact that it's it's Dominic and he can go in the ring yeah. and so he was doing the 619 in the frog splash with his dad it just had a, a nice feel good moment about it but obviously you know Brock being Brock he just suplexes the both of them and you know hits the exclamation point now, the one thing I also I'm trying to figure it out as well because I read somewhere I don't know if any of you guys have read this seemingly the rumoured match for Wrestlemania for Rey Mysterio is Dominic what? Yeah, yeah seemingly there's a report going round oh, that Ray. Like, I don't see how that could be the natural progression of this because, like, that moment where the double six one anger hit, I, I, I popped that much. I'm pretty sure I woke my girlfriend up when she was sleeping beside me. <laughs> I, I, like, I, she, she, she doesn't like much of Brock Lesnar's matches nowadays. And then I was like, wake up, wake up, wake up. You see this one? You see this one? I popped that much. She's like. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so you mentioned Rey Mysterio's rumoured WrestleMania match. Mm-hmm. We've talked to Fiend. Mm-hmm. Are we all pretty confident that Brock Lesnar's holding the WWE title until at least WrestleMania? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we'll probably get a stopgap at the Royal Rumble. Probably doesn't matter who he faces. Scott, just you start us off. We've got two minutes left. Just quickly, thirty seconds each. Go around the room. Who's Brock Lesnar fighting at WrestleMania? I. Um. Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens. Because mm. he's getting mm. really like, popular at the moment, and mm. I think there'll be a thing between him and Seth as a stopgap to Kevin Owens eventually going for the title. Fair enough. Strack? Come back to me. Come mm. back to you. Daniel, would you like to fantasy book or. 
Who would you um, like? You don't have to think. Yeah. Brock Lesnar versus Dominic. Yes. <laughs> Not as if Quacky was whispering. Not as if he was saying that at all. No. Yes. That your pick? Have we done that? Dave, sorry. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Would you have Drew win the Rumble? Yes. Or would you? Drew wins the Rumble, goes on to face Brock. Fair so simple as that. Strike. Have you thought of any fantasy booking yet? If they'd done it one on one and they let him off his leash, some more Joe. He's just, due just back next just week. Just go at it, Joe. Mm. Used to just go for it. Mm. Just yeah. see the way Joe used to be in the X Division when he first appeared. Mm. Was kind of like Brock Lesnar, just kicking the living daylights. Aye, aye. <laughs> everybody. See that Joe versus Brock Lesnar mm-hmm. at Mania mm-hmm. would just be a brutal match and it would be entertaining. Like, so, Quack, you say Dominic's not available. Who would you like to see Brock Lesnar face? Sugar Dunk. Sugar Dunk, there we go. Eel should I? I'd watch that. Uh, Keith Lee. Oh, oh, yes. We'll touch on him later. He had an absolute breakout weekend. On the on WWE, that is, you know, he's been a star for years. But yeah, that's going to do it here for the first half of our Survivor Series review. We've covered the pre-show, we've covered our three world title matches. We're going to get back to brand supremacy in the second half. We're going to kick things off in the second half with the women's five v five v five. Try saying that five times fast. <laughs> uh, but while we go to the break, here's Rhea Ripley and Triple H revealing the women's five, the women's five NXT team for Survivor Series. See you in five. Hey, this is Stroke Daddy, Ricky Starks, and you're listening to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. I have to ask you who you were planning to bring into that with you. You are our captain, so who is your team? (laughs) Well, my team, my team consists of, first of all, the one person that I know I can trust and that has stood by me through absolutely everything. She's Candice LeRae. I pick her because she's, she's tough. She has heart, and I know I can trust her, unlike some people. And as of tonight, I've seen a lot of people go to war. I've gone to war with a lot of people. And there were two superstars that really stood out to me, and, yeah, they just absolutely went to war. And that was Bianca and Io. Bianca Belair and Io Shirai. They are incredible, incredible athletes and competitors. And I want that on my team for NXT. Mm. War brings out respect in people, doesn't it? Exactly. And if we're going to go to war against Raw and SmackDown, that Survivor Series, I want the best on my team. And as for the last person on my team, this person is someone that I've known since I was 16 years old in Australia. I grew up with this person... I know exactly what she's about, and I know exactly how bad she wants this. From NXT UK, my last person is Tony Storm. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That Pretty is, good team, right? I would not want to be Raw. <laughs> I would not want to be SmackDown. <laughs> nope. Yeah, that is, uh, that is a team to be reckoned with. It is amazing what going into a cage with some people will do. Exactly. To show you who they are and what they bring to the table. Io Shirai, Bianca, earning respect, Candice, and of course Tony, already having it from you. So, amazing team. Congratulations. Thank you. Bring it home tomorrow. I appreciate it. Oh, 
Definitely. Hello, everybody. This is the Hot Food Dance of Kaylee Ray, and you are listening to Eat and Sleep Suplex Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. And we're back here on Suplex Retweet. I'm Ross McLeod, reviewing Survivor Series 2019. And I'm joined today by Daniel, David, Scott, Quack and Strack. Lads, how are we? Fine. Good, uh, good. Smashing. Right, so before we just get to the... I was asking how you are. <laughs> no, but it's just the way you said smashing before we said all right, so... Aye, <laughs> the orange peel. How are smashing. you? <laughs> how are you? Aye, that's quite enough of that. Anyway, <laughs> before we go into the Well, Survivor Ross, I feel C- a bit down. Ah, just, 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 Rhetorical questions, right? There was no need to answer. <laughs> Before we move on to the elimination matches and the brand supremacy matches, we did put it out to our listeners to see what their thoughts on Survivor Series were, what they liked, what they didn't like. Jack Graham says, seeing Daniel Bryan do the yes chant again is up there. Stephen Wilson said, the closing stretch between Lee and Reigns and the finish to Cole and Dunn. One of our listeners, Brendan, said, Keith Lee, just Keith Lee in general, <laughs> the mid-card titles triple threat match, NXT being cemented as a brand in WWE and Adam Cole and Pete Dunne being the best versions of themselves in a confined confined time frame. One of our listeners, Charlie, said Keith Lee proving again how good he is. Adam Cole and Pete Dunne stealing the show. Rhea effing Ripley. Ray and Dominic 619 double pin spot. All massive highlights. One low light was again the red light during the Fiend matches. It makes me struggle to enjoy it. Someone just sent us a gif of a massive nuclear explosion it says footage of when Braun and Keith Lee ran into each other (laughs) (laughs) Uh, David Holmes said the NXT title match Riddle pinning Randy Orton and generally anything Keith Lee did Keith Lee seems to be the big star this weekend so we'll talk about in a wee minute Uh, David Campbell finally he said my main takeaway the tag team triple threat match should have been on the main show and given more time six of the most talented guys on the roster should have been given a bigger spotlight so when we went into the conversation about world title matches, Raw, SmackDown, and NXT were one-one-one, <laughs> and now we are going back to the start of the show where five-five-five. <laughs> the women's five versus five versus five. Team Raw, Team NXT, Team SmackDown. A massive opener and a big, big stage for certain members of certain teams because when we've seen these teams get announced, you see a lot of people so far see get opportunities they never usually get. We've seen it the last few years with the tag team 10 on 10s. Scott, who do you think stood out that doesn't usually get an opportunity in this match? In this match, uh, I think both the Kabuki Warriors got a really good spotlight, Mm -hmm. especially with the dissension between Asuka and Charlotte, which is meant to lead something at uh, TLC. Uh, That was really good. As much as I'm not always a fan of her, I've never discounted her as a wrestler. Bianca Belair was a standout in this match mm. like two of the first eliminations she got like right off the bat they made her look like a world beater like although it was weird seeing Rhea Ripley who fought against her the night before against the odds helping hold her, her feet on the ropes like, when she got the pit, first pin but you know we can't think about that too much yeah it's something David people have complained about before but I think with NXT striking the first blow in the sort of brand warfare thing you knew for a fact, although on their own show they still want their titles, Champ has made it clear he wants Adam Cole's title, they were determined to prove that you should watch us fight each other on this show because yeah. we're the best brand and they were united in that front. Yeah, no doubt about it. This is 
it, again, it goes just goes to show that this 2019 has been the year for women's wrestling. You know, the fact that the women got the War Games match, and now that they're a united front on NXT, it doesn't matter like what gender you are. These women are fantastic competitors, and they prove just that. You know, Scott mentioned Bianca Belair, arguably MVP of the entire match, because two eliminations. You know, and a lot of people, I don't think. I don't think a lot of people have had a, as much exposure to NXT as they've done, obviously, with Raw and SmackDown. But see, painting them in this kind of light and saying that they're just as good, if not better, than the two brands have been around for donkey's years, that's a major statement to make. And that NXT's women's division is probably the gold standard of wrestling. Daniel, uh, Team NXT was announced in the day. We knew going into it we'd have Sasha, Nikki, Dana, Lacey and Carmella for Team SmackDown. Possibly the weakest team that to be fielded. Yeah. We knew we'd have Charlotte, the Kabuki Warriors, Sarah Logan, and Natalia. Uh-huh. But Team NXT announced on the day: Io Shirai, Be- Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, Tony Storm, and Rhea Ripley. Were you happy with that five, or would there be certain ones you would have uh, picked ahead of them? I was like, obviously, my first grade was well, like four of the women on this team have just fought against each other mm. the night before. Mm. So to see them all of a sudden, like, obviously you can get the idea of like, right, they know that they had their differences last night, tonight is a different game entirely. It still kind of throws you a wee bit. Mm-hmm. And then the only issue I had was how they featured Tony Storm in the match. I don't think she got enough mm-hmm. of a chance to actually work in the match. Mm-hmm. And I think she was, maybe again, was she not the first person out for Team NXT? Yeah. I believe yeah, so. Well, officially, like, yeah. Yeah, like that, that kind of bugged me a bit like it would have made more sense if maybe like Belair or someone else was the first one out so that way you can protect Tony Storm given that she was you know she she's like a former UK women's champion so like if you were going to make her strong that would have been a chance to show it but I think they missed a chance there plus obviously Strack she got that main roster exposure when she was May Young Classic winner in 2018 mm-hmm. you know she was involved on the the Evolve eh, sorry the Evolution I was about to say Evolve the Evolution pay-per-view do you think NXT UK sort of got the shaft that night as we'll talk later as well with Walter no I think NXT were really solid and represented the people you're, you're saying that the people who don't normally get a chance to shine kind of noticed some of the matches didn't they, they didn't take their opportunity mm-hmm. Dana Brooke didn't they Dana Sarah Brooke. Logan didn't mm-hmm. there's quite a few of them who didn't take their opportunity to think I'm getting a main spot to go out there and go for it I had a thing about weird Candice and Io yeah. were mm-hmm. helping each other in Pali yeah. and Aye. and the night before and you've seen the, the, obviously the history of they two going for each other so yeah. it didn't, just didn't make any sense yeah. I don't know if anybody agrees with me they yeah, seem yeah. like Natalia and Charlotte couldn't have cared less mm-hmm. I think yeah it seemed like they did. Yeah. Charlotte seemed like she just shoved on her gear and walked out because yeah. normally she was out all done up to the nines of the makeup, the hair's all done, the gear, the gear. she just walked out as if, let's get this early, uh-huh. and Natalia just kind of sat back until it was like, alright, it's my spot to go in, mm-hmm. go in, done her bit, and then left. Yeah. See, Sarah, Sarah Logan, I think someone, both saw her as Crazy Mary Dobson on the, the independent scene, we know she can go, I don't think she was given as much ring time, however, Dana Brooke was in there for a good while. Mm-hmm. And she stood about a lot of it. She looked awkward. She looked all, uncomfortable. Where them look confused? Mm. Like they didn't know or waiting yeah. for a spot. And I'm like, you need to like see the type of matches. Mm-hmm. 
you know with them though, it's no you've been told what to do and you've no been told how to go the match. It's basically, whoever gets tagged in, you two can just make it up as you go and just go for it. If they're not wanting to take an opportunity to think, right, I've just been tagged in, I'll do this, do this, do this, this, and try and get your stick out going, well, they can go and we've never seen that. They just went in, done a couple of basic things and then tagged back out and I'm like, ah, what are you doing? Plus, you finally get the spotlight you keep moaning about mm-hmm. and then you just start under it and go, Hi! Plus, <laughs> back out. Plus someone that's not been established in a while, Dana Brooke, you know, you have the likes of uh, Sonia and Mandy Rose who are featured on TV and are, let's face it, they're a lot better because Dana was quite frankly Scott terrible. Yeah, Aye. definitely. Mm-hmm. Something, a couple of things that annoyed me. One, we've got a three and a half hour pay per view and yet the teams can't get individual like entrances. They all have to come out together. Look, this is the Raw team, the SmackDown team. I like that. It's meant to be like that. Your teams. Mm-hmm. Yep, you're a United Front. You're not five individuals who yeah. are just conveniently teaming. Sorry. Another thing that was weird is I thought it was a bit lazy to have Rhea for the second night in a row captain a team to victory despite them being against the numbers because. They did it the night before when Kai left the team and Knox got injured, mm-hmm. and then they just did it again here. Even though they came back out later, mm-hmm. for the majority of the match, it was the three versus the other two fives. Mm-hmm. Which I think it was a bit basically rehash, like mm-hmm. rinse, repeat kind of. Jerry Lawler's commentary on this, however, was absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> he seemed clueless. He is clueless. Yeah, he's, he's long admitted that he watches the shows he's on, and that's it. Much like Stephen Wilson, he, he won't listen to this, he'll only listen when it's his own voice. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Gotta get a text later. You are a knob. No more shows for you, yeah, Russ. No more shows for me. <laughs> um, Charlotte, you said, didn't seem to care. Do you think that's maybe because she knew she was taking that green miss spot later in the match? Oh, I think it was just that uh, I don't think they've not really had much wear. Mm-hmm. And I think she might be slightly annoyed that somebody added all this up. Her title reigns, she's had hundreds of them, mm-hmm. but see if we can bring them all. Mm-hmm. It's like 40, 44, sorry Scott, it's like 44 days. <laughs> yeah, it's not even, It wasn't even that much when you put them all together, yeah. but then you had somebody else with a title. And I've had, look at Becky Lynch, mm-hmm. she's had a title for Mania, mm-hmm. and she's been untouchable. Yeah. But yeah, Charlotte wins it at Mania with Asuka, and then she that when she that bad? With a no, month she, won it, she won it eight days before Mania, dropped it at Mania. She then won it from... Bailey, uh, sorry, Becky at Money in the Bank only be cashed in on by Bailey. Then won it for Bailey, I believe. Maybe. Hell in a Cell. Hell in a Cell, was it? Yeah. And then five days later on SmackDown, lost it again. Ah, so they, they keep, I think they keep taking, but this is the thing though, I'm like, right, if I try to do what they've done with she's a 14 time champion, mm-hmm. like, you keep doing this for the last year in the short length of time, you'll give her a win and she'll have been the company, what, five, six years? Yeah, then mm-hmm. what do you do? It's like Roman Reigns, the new, mm-hmm. they're like, ah, we kind of gave him everything too early. Mm-hmm. And they're going to have another 10 year in them, so cool. it just, women's match, I would have put that, to, as I said earlier on, I'd have put that in the pre show. No, hear me, it just didn't seem like, what, what, put it to a vote, what was better, the men's tag team title, triple threat, or the women's 5 on 5? I think less people and less clunkiness meant the tag match was going to be better. I'd, but I, yeah. It was better, but I think with people like Charlotte, who are superstars, they are pushed by the company, even. And the way we just mentioned, there was never any danger of that going in the pre-show. So NXT gets the win, three survivors, Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae and Io Shirai, which, you know, if you're taken away injured, you should be taken away injured, that's it. You're done, you're out. Uh, up next, so it's 2-1-1 to NXT. We have the mid-card champions going at it. We have Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura. 
accompanied by Sami Zayn wearing his snazzy new belt. <laughs> He's up against United States champion AJ Styles mm-hmm. and NXT North American champion Roderick Strong. Dave, I'm going to burst your bubble here. Roderick Strong's a fucking nerd. Honestly, he's, just, <laughs> he's not cool in the slightest. He is the guy play Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole have a natural charisma and coolness. Roddy Strong's a sensational wrestler, but my God, is he boring as fuck without the Undisputed Era. Sorry, you were annoying me with that Undisputed Era sign. <laughs> he is like, they're all like a group of like high school jobs, but... Mm-hmm. Adam Cole's like the main job and there's always that annoying one who's the best pals we don't know he's back out of like ah you you told him that and that's Roderick Strong oh he's the <laughs> and as soon as he's not we Adam Cole but the skull to Adam Cole's bulk that. Aye, bulk and skull <laughs> well it's I mean you kind of get a point there like see before he joined Undisputed he was sort of there mm-hmm. like I mean sure he could go in the ring but he was very much the generic superstar who couldn't really cut a promo that well and it's only when he got that status with Undisputed Era that people really started to have eyes on him but the match itself this is a contender for match of the night because mm-hmm. we've said for a while we mentioned with AJ Styles WWE title reign last year it always felt that matches were just getting going and then they ended and AJ as a face wasn't really cutting it anymore He's now a heel, he's had great matches with the likes of Ricochet, Rey Mysterio, Humberto Carrillo, Cedric Alexander, the US title run, it's now over unfortunately, was a great run. Shinsuke finding a wee bit of momentum here with the Sami Zayn sort of character, just Sami Zayn adding that wee bit of annoyance to the character, being the cocky, loudmouth manager, and then Roderick Strong, who has found his niche with the Undisputed Era. This track was just wrestling this was amazing I thought I'd, I'd say this was match of the night mm-hmm. I know the men's 5 on 5 but that's for, that's for quantity mm-hmm. this was quality Yeah. this was Roger, I followed Roderick Strong for back in TNA when he was in the X Division and he had matches with AJ and they were solid they were absolutely solid Nakamura I loved in NXT and AJ I've been an AJ fan for 2002 mm-hmm. so I knew as soon as I seen this match I'm like this is yet again I don't care who wins I just want to see this so that's all it was and Roderick Strong as you say he isn't same in TNA he was kind of solid worker but can't really do it with him but he can go you need to admit no no he, he can, can go. absolutely, absolutely go. go there's just before Undisputed Era there was nothing aye there. it was just kind of it was just there but aye. as Dave said but I think we the Nakamura and Sami Zayn thing I'm not a fan of that because did you watch Sami Zayn in the pre-show when he went to the, the, yeah. the booth and stuff the, Booker T and uh, coach, aye, they they didn't they couldn't they had no they had had no banter back with him. Mm. He was trying to wind them up and draw them in, and they just stood there like that and smiled at him. And I'm like, you don't know how to banter back with this guy. Booker T went on commentary when see when he's talking about wrestlers and training wrestlers, he's great. See as Booker T the wrestler, he's great. See the panelist, he so often buries people just for no reason or he just doesn't give people a chance and that's why I don't like wrestlers interacting with on the pre-show I like people like Adam Cole who just turn around and go nice jorts nerd to like the likes of Pat McAfee Aye. you need someone to do that at Booker T you know what I mean you but just put I think it's place. a bit for Sammy Tenney he deserves better than being an annoying manager mm. I, I think he might be is he dealing with an injury Scott? yeah that's he's, that's he's injured, injured yeah you're not Scott <laughs> no, no, <'cause> like <laughs> we his all last, agree his last match I think was on an episode of Smackdown before SummerSlam against Alistair Black. I think since then he's been on and off with like injuries, like he's nine injuries. Because remember, he came back just after Mania after a long time mm. of being it. So I think mm. it's to do with that. Do you know, I would love to see see the whole 
fire Sami Zayn mm-hmm. and he comes back as El Generico <laughs> that would be so funny because you ever watch his bumps when he's El Generico yes. Jesus i seen somebody put on Twitter Sami Zayn should remain on Smackdown as Sami Zayn and appear every Wednesday on NXT as El Generico <laughs> and then deny it deny it furiously as if you've just insulted his family name whenever El Generico's brought up like who is this El Generico like, who is he like owning the blue blazer yes Hulk Hogan and Mr. America Hulk Hogan Mr. Yeah. America oh, yes put El Generico in a lie detector are you Sami Zayn no <laughs> but we were talking about uh, we talked a lot last year about the Nakamura AJ series and mm. how it kind of wasn't up to expectation who would have thought the thing that was missing for their matches was Roderick Strong mm-hmm. we really think about it because as I said, before I watched this, I would have put this on the pre-show because I think it comes with the fact that these are, as we straight them, mid-card titles because especially mm-hmm. the US and Intercontinental, even getting them doesn't guarantee a lot of TV time as Nakamura's reign is showing. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why I wouldn't wasn't excited about it, but I think also the low expectations helped it in the end and <laughs> as much as I enjoyed it, I thought Nakamura was, should have won it because, mm-hmm. like I said, he's the one who had the least exposure of the three and he's the one who's just got like a brand new like title. And you had Sami Zayn on the outside for him, so you could have used that to factor in it. See, I, I was really shocked though that Roderick Strong won. I was, I was shocked. Wow. Wow. <laughs> because this is who you know what we do our predictions and stuff. How many of you said Roderick Strong? I had Roderick get pinned by Nakamura. <laughs> I had Roddy in the sweep. Nice. Oh well, you, you, you can back me up on that. I don't run the sweeps. Oh no, sorry, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, did. you did. You did war games. You right. did Survivor Series. I, you still um, didn't win though. Yeah, I uh, see. Originally, when it was five matches. I thought it was going to be NXT, sorry, Raw, winning by one, and I thought that SmackDown was only going to get one, and I thought this was going to be a, I thought he was going to pin Roderick, because Roderick Strong, as we've seen before, you know, Champa had to pin Adam Cole in War Games just to, you know, build, build to the next takeover, <laughs> but Roderick Strong is usually the guy that takes the pins in the Undisputed Era's matches, Yeah, and I thought... Shinsuke's going to win this Shinsuke's got it easy you know this will be the match he wins AJ will be protected because AJ before losing to Rey Mysterio had a stellar United, United States title reign and I just I didn't see it coming out of nowhere as you mentioned I thought it was eight, I put I, I sent to who was I sent it to Scott, Scott. it was AJ pinning yeah. strong because mm-hmm. I'm like Nakamura as you say mm-hmm. new shiny belt new manager mm-hmm. we'll kind of keep him protected mm-hmm. AJ we'll just get him to sell his class strong mm-hmm. jobs are good in Mm. And then the the went the end of that. NXT won again. It's like especially Roger Strong got pinned clean mm. on TV two weeks ago to Keith Lee. Mm-hmm. Nothing against Keith Lee, but it's like when a champion's losing cleanly in a random match on TV, it's not really a good sign. And especially if they're going to yeah, a big champion champion match. See the thing as well. Um, see about two minutes before the end of this match, I started fearing for my sweep because Roddy was just kind of creeping around the ring. And next minute you saw AJ and Nakamura both going for finishers and you're like, I, I've seen it coming, but at the same time I was still shocked, you're like, he's throwing them at the ring, he's throwing them at, no, no, not a chance, <laughs> he's going to throw Nakamura at the ring, he's going to throw Nakamura at the ring and pin AJ and next minute it's like, oh no he pinned Nak- the guy that just got a new belt and he's just pinned him. The guy the new belt looks a bit like the Cruiserweight title. I think it. You see one thing I will say the one thing I like about it it's called the Intercontinental Heavyweight title because back in the day every title was seen as a, a world title because there was so few titles so like the US title used to be called the United States Heavyweight title 
just because the Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion when it was first introduced. I like that it's getting that sort of heavyweight title treatment. Like it's you know it's prestigious. It means something. It's got side plates though, so I'm happy. The personalised ones. See, that's something that annoys me about the new belts. The personalised side plates. I, I like just the new plate. Either yeah. gimm- either gimmick to hold a belt. Aye. Uh, <laughs> that's yeah, basically aye. what it is. You, like, you need a brand, yeah. Because like for the first two months of Jinder's reign, it just said Jinder Mahal on it until they oh, got yeah. like the sort of like the Maharaja sort, sort of palm trees and that kind of stuff. Then they put that on. It's palm like, trees. Oh, it was palm trees. No, it was oh, the, the sort of I don't even the palace. Aye, but then there was like trees and that on it. Like, no, I don't know. Where you I thought you know what it brought up. Yet you seem to remember it so clearly. Nice. Someone uh, Google this guy's side. Uh, anyway, but um, yeah, Roderick Strong went in. Daniel, before we move on, did you see that coming? I was thinking that, they, and I'll go. I'm gonna go back to like going back to when they even did the the, the surprise finish on SmackDown between. Mm-hmm. Ripley, Charlotte, and Sasha. Mm-hmm. That was a thing of beauty. I didn't expect them to be able to even go there again mm-hmm. with this, but I had, a, I had my feeling when I go into the match, just like, it's strong, it's Styles, it's Nakamura, you're gonna get something great. Like, you're gonna get something great regardless. And then, sure enough, you know, it unfolds, like, what was it, phenomenal forearm, then Brody just like, came touch, in, touch just like, here you go, help, and just steals the win. Like, the thing is, it was sort of left field pick, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like undisputed era always have been booked for the most part to try and look really clever in matches. I had undisputed era to win all their matches, but NXT yeah. to lose everything else. Fair mm. enough. So Roderick Strong wins. Dave put them in his sweep because that's what we need to take from this. <laughs> and we move on to our third match. So both Raw and SmackDown need a win here. The loser out of Raw and SmackDown is out. The winner can only hope to draw with NXT heading into our main event. So we have our 5v5 v5 match. We have Keith Lee, Damian Priest, Walter, Tommaso Ciampa and the original bro Matt Riddle. Which was announced in the pre-show in a horrendous way by the way. Because Shawn Michaels was meant to announce it. He goes, we're going to have Tommaso Ciampa. Damian Priest comes up on the screen. (laughs) Matt Riddle, (laughs) Riddle, big picture of Walter. We're going to have Matt Riddle, Waller. We're going to have Waller. Keith Lee comes up. You're like, <laughs> you're like, I think Sean was given a list. Like, they are going to come up. Priest, Keith Lee, Walter, Riddle, Champa. Okay. And he did it backwards because it was the last one. <laughs> We're going to have Champa, Riddle. Riddle. <laughs> no! He said Walter last, yet Walter had been up there from the beginning. Aye. Like, Jesus uh, Christ. If you're going to announce it, just have him announce it and then cut to the graphic. I know. But so we had... Or oh, just bring up the photo, then he says the name. Yes, and the reason they picked him. Aye. We had Team Smackdown, Roman Reigns as the captain. Everyone agreed with that except King Corbin, who was on the team. Chad Gable, because I'm not calling them what they want to call them. <laughs> Ali and Braun... Well, he's Mustafa. Is he just Mustafa now? No, 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 he's, he's Mustafa, Mustafa Ali. Mustafa. Oh, Mustafa Ali. I think you found his first name, it's always in the last place you look for it. <laughs> Mustafa Ali and Braun Strowman, and then Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, Ricochet with his amazing Batman Beyond gear on, mm-hmm. and who was the other? Drew. Drew, Drew McIntyre. It's always, yeah, it's the one guy you forget, the one guy you should, it's like 44, you shouldn't forget that. Oh, shut <laughs> <up>. <laughs> But yeah. Reflecting, didn't you? A star-studded, as I've slagged you, Scott, I'll come to you first, a star-studded mm-hmm. match that would be worthy of the main event. I think a lot of people thought this should have been the main event. Yeah, definitely, because when we get on to the action wave event, I think this match played a part in the fact that by the time you got to the triple threat at the end, 
the crowd were just they were done they'd seen so much great wrestling yeah they just they just like okay fine we'll see this one last match so we can get up the road and get to our bed but like as much as we'll praise people in this match especially one in particular I need to like bring my biggest negative out of the way Walter getting pinned in like five minutes mm. and then he's out first guy out and I may be one of the f- one of the biggest like NXT UK guys on the show. It's one of the few shows I actually watch regularly, mm-hmm. and seeing Walter just get after like I could forgive the whole Raw thing, like him lo- him and Pium losing the random eight man because the one eight Raw looks strong in that, and then he comes in and he just gets eliminated, and then then oh by the way, Rumble weekend will be World's Collide NXT versus NXT UK. Okay, well you just had NXT go over mega strong against the perceived main roster, and you've had the champion of NXT UK look like a joke. How are we meant to buy that NXT UK is believable in any of their matches at Worlds Collide when their champion has just been made to look like a joke? That's a fair enough point. But So from a negative to a positive, we've got Keith Lee, Daniel. Keith Lee, a breakout weekend. We've heard that Vince McMahon is massively high on him and he wants to bring him to the main roster as soon as possible. I would not be surprised if Vince really pushed for Keith to be going on the main roster like right away. The only thing I would have is that let Keith have a major push in NXT first. Mm-hmm. Like he at least deserves to have like even not even to have a reign with the NXT title, but even just to get you know a, a run going against Adam Cole for the title. Mm-hmm. Like get him in the picture, make him feel like a legit you know guy in NXT even more than he is now, mm-hmm. and then when the time feels right, mm-hmm. bring him up. Like maybe after WrestleMania, mm-hmm. have him be one of the big surprises. Something like that could work. So, Strack, we watched War Games and yours. We all waited patiently for the fourth man. You know, the pop in the house. Nobody thought it was going to be Kevin Owens. And we had the fun wee bit before it. Seth Rollins asking Kevin Owens, you know, which side are you on? Which way did he go? Which side are you on? (laughs) And Kevin Owens surprisingly eliminated first uh, for Team Raw. I we all thought it War Games lapsed Gargano. 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 I think Gargano and then as David will say Velveteen Dream we all thought we'd Aye, play we played safe we like that, that. <laughs> and then Kevin Owens came out and then we, we all came out. Kevin Owens' promo was quite funny so I want to know your loyalties lie and he went you're asking me where my loyalties lie Aye. and then put his fist in for the shield thing I went oh we need more Kevin Owens <laughs> this plant needs more Kevin Owens <laughs> but quite surprised he was put first mm-hmm. I thought he'd maybe been a bit longer mm-hmm the water thing is, is the same as Scott I'm kind of like bad rank it was I think I've read this and I, yeah again don't believe everything you read the internet apparently see the match he done with Seth mm-hmm. he get told don't chop Seth at full force and I think maybe he was probably limited getting into this match like don't do this don't do mm-hmm. that don't. and he went I'll just put me at first yeah because what the Walter chop on Drew McIntyre Drew's chop looked a lot harder than Walter's mm-hmm. I think he's been told 50% because yeah. I'm like right, I know Drew can take a chop mm-hmm. he's came for the Scottish and they saying he can take a hit and I'm watching him like that why is Walter not hitting him as hard as I mean look at he's done it a few yeah. boys he's done it to Pete, uh, Tyler Bate aye he see almost broke him in half it was the first chop where it's sort of weak and then Drew hit some full full swear chop as if to say, come on, big man. Yeah. And it's well, the second... We know each other back now, eh? Oh, come yeah. on! It's, it's the right. second chop that's a lot louder when yeah. you hear the commentators go, oh! And then you just hear the NXT guys going, there's, trust me, there's more to come yeah. from yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's wrong with Walter? He's, he's not hitting as hard as he normally does. Must have the flu. Uh, <laughs> so, Keith Lee's got a lot of uh, praise from the weekend, but 
a big shotgun at the weekend. Randy Orton running, you know, riot in this Raw match. Uh, sorry, for Team Raw in this match. And then out of nowhere, Matt Riddle pins him, Dave. Yeah, I mean, that was probably one of the most shocking moments of the match. Like, you know, I think everybody was a bit annoyed that Walter got eliminated so quickly in the same way that... And it was by Drew as well, who eliminated Samoa Joe just as quick mm-hmm. uh, the year before. But I think Matt Riddle needed like a big a big moment that weekend. It didn't matter if it was like a quick moment or like a really good match. Because, you know, I think he, you know, he was supposed to be in war games, but he ends up facing Finn Balor in a losing effort. So I think having him go over Randy Orton that quickly, mm-hmm. I think it gets eyes on him and it gives him... You know, a bit of le- bit more legitimacy, and but he gets an RKO for his trouble in the end. So it's <sighs> Matt Riddle's one of those guys who's just kind of there at the moment, but he's kind of been sort of overshadowed a bit by guys like Keith Lee, Dominic Dijakovic, who have really sort of found their rhythm. Kwaku is Dave mentioned Matt Riddle. He's sort of there. I think he's one of these guys that can take a loss. He's just so organically. You know, he's loved, loved yeah. uh, and he's just—he's one of these guys that bounces back because, although he might lose some matches, there's always the knowledge there that that man could put his knee through your skull. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but at the same time, he does need a belt at some point. Mm-hmm. I know this wasn't obviously the pay-per-view. This was going to yeah. happen, obviously. But I still think he had a great showing in the fact that he did eliminate Randy Orton. Yeah. Randy Orton was kind of protected because he still did this thing before yeah. and after it. So Matt Riddle was put out. He was put out, but it was in a good way that he had an yeah. RKO because of it. Mm-hmm. So it's still kind of protect. It, it was done in a good way to kind of protect both of their mm-hmm. interests, if you like. Even Orton had a good spot. I mean, he slid in and it was Champa. Mm-hmm. And Champa looked at his shoulder. I see Norton not crouched down, he's like, I am not turning round. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> yes, I just love that moment when the whole team at NXT were clapping and then pat themselves on the back. Yeah, <laughs> when, like, when was, was that again? Was that when. What, what are you I think that was when they eliminated Owens. Oh, oh, yeah, because Chamba hit Willow's bell on him. Yeah. Oh. And they did the whole. Oh, yeah. I did love Ke- uh, Keith Lee's reaction, like, is he not with us? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Dominic, yeah, Kevin Owens, but. I love to especially about the riddle thing. He gets the RKO after he's eliminated Orton, and then Baron Corbin like the slippery oh. heel he is, and they know he'll get. He slides in to get the pin. Baron Corbin, much like MJF on Dynamite the week before in the Battle mm-hmm. Royal, every single elimination was done to get heat, and it was done so well oh, because yeah. it's a universally hated figure in Corbin, as we just mentioned, a universally loved figure. So SmackDown gets the win in the end. I've seen a lot of people complaining just as we wrap up here about, oh, it's, it's same old Roman. Roman's not been near a title feud since he got back, you know. Yeah. He had a, obviously, he had the WrestleMania main event with Brock, but other than that, for a good year before he won the title, he was nowhere near the title. He was, you know, fighting for the US and that kind of titles. Scott, do you think Keith Lee, considering he was coming in as an unknown mm-hmm. to the main roster viewers, it didn't hurt him to lose to Roman Reigns considering they eliminated Seth Rollins. Yeah, definitely, because he had the stellar showing at War Games. He, did, he came in here, he's one of the highlights of this match. Like I said, he pinned Seth Rollins and he stood toe to toe with Roman. And like he had the bit where Roman paid respect to him. Like, it wasn't just mm-hmm. a case of, oh, I just beat this random NXT guy. Mm-hmm. He, like, I, like, you put in an effort. Like, mm-hmm. you're one of the tough guys on that team, like, respect mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. So, just quickly before we move on, WWE, because of the Fox deal, a lot of Fox executives 
are pushing for certain NXT guys. A lot. Keith Lee is really one Vince McMahon over. Do you think Survivor Series is good for the simple fact? A complaint we've had a lot struck, just quickly, is that once they get to NXT, get to the main roster, they don't know what to do with them. Do you think this thing is good because it makes Vince McMahon see them before he gets them on the main roster? I believe it when I see it. Because every time somebody goes, oh, I can't wait to see him on the main roster. I'm like, no, no. And then Finn Balor went back to NXT and I'm like, oh, well, here's a list of people you should take back as well. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the difference now. NXT is the main roster. Mm-hmm. Never mind Raw or SmackDown. Fair enough. So, moving on to our last match. SmackDown gets the win. They're, they've put all their hopes on women's champion Bailey. She's in a triple threat with... Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch, she's just fighting for bragging rights here, and Shayna Baszler wants to get the win to go one point clear. It's you know it's helicopter Sunday. This is goal difference here, Daniel. <laughs> Wait, somebody needs a win. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we've got SmackDown and NXT going into this match. A lot of negative reaction on Twitter to this one. Do yeah. you think it was warranted? Do you think the match sort of fell flat? Was it victim to just? The fact that so many good matches happened before it. I think the placement of the match was one of the problems. It's like back when, it's like back at Mania 25, they put Triple H from Norton after Undertaker and Michaels, mm-hmm. and they were doomed from the get-go the yeah. minute they decided that. Had this gone on before the men's match, they probably stood a better chance of getting a good response from the crowd. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, like, it just, it, it ended up being really ba- like bad. And the other nitpick I have is there were points where Baszler just didn't seem into it. Mm-hmm. Like, see the bit when she's like throwing Becky and Bailey around the tables and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's so like like she's lazy. Like, I, I, it's like a kind of lazy movement. I mean, like, I didn't feel like she was even taking it seriously. Like what they were doing. That was just the vibe I got. Fair enough, Quacker. Uh, yeah, I don't agree with the placement, but maybe in some sense. Mm-hmm. But it had to be main event for the reason that this one had the best build up of yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. so that's that's where it comes I do agree it did have a slow start mm. what I hated and I will say this and I will call them out the amount of CM Punk chance oh. it's just so disrespectful yeah. and it was done in, like fair enough if you have your one moment you do it but it's the fact that they were just doing that and crapping on so many mm-hmm. matches and ruining the and I'm sure there were people there that weren't doing that and it was just ruining the experience for them. Yeah. yeah. Just give it up already. Mm-hmm. If the guy wanted to be there, he'll be there. Yeah. Instead of being on the backstage or whatever. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be going around blocking all these wrestling mm-hmm. accounts or whatever have you and they say all these things. If he's such the hero I was, I'll say it, why why is he being torn? Oh, I'm done with it. If he's such the hero, why is he why he just sit backstage and he's even said it himself? Aye. He says, I want to just sit back and criticise without being punished. He Thank openly you. said that in his interview. Mm. He says, uh, I don't have to worry about getting starved. I don't worry about getting squashed or not getting a push or this. He says, I can just sit back and criticise the product. I'm like, well, that's pretty much all you do, mate. Aye. So, he's your lap battering. Look, I say, like, if Punk wants to sit back and criticise the product without getting punished, start a podcast like everybody else does. Because <laughs> <laughs> how can he sue himself? I know. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Quackley. Like, it was a, it had the best build, so it needed to go on last. But I said earlier, the bit, everything that came before it tired the crowd out to the point mm-hmm. they just want to see this match end. And a couple of things I, I, I became clear to me. One. I think this match exposed the fact that Bailey, out of all four of the horsewomen, she's the 
she's not the best worker out of the four of them. She's not the best in ring out of the four of them. Mm-hmm. And especially like since she's like turned heel, she's not been that interesting. And the soccer mom haircut, no mm-hmm. doing it for you. <laughs> no, but also. A lot of people online assume with the whole interaction between Shane and Becky, they talk themselves into the fact Ronda's coming back. Apparently, there are people who said they were there wondering, like, looking to the rap thing, and like, okay, when's Ronda coming out? Because there's a low point, is Ronda going to come out? And it's one of the things you talk yourself in this thing, believing this is exactly what's going to happen. And when it doesn't happen the way you booked it in your mind, you're, you're immediately disappointed because they didn't book it the way you thought of when you're in your bedroom. So, Dave, mm-hmm. obviously, we mentioned the placement hurt it here but obviously due to the the final scores it was one of those ones an NXT match had to go on last and considering the considering the women's division the the women's titles are their world titles there would have been a bit of an uproar if they maybe put the women's titles in the mid card and then the men's mid card titles in the main event yeah I think it kind of goes back to the fact that you know, I think they're trying to really get over how good their women mm-hmm. are, and there's obviously, and they're great. Mm-hmm. So, and obviously, you know, the guy said this had the best build, so it made it would make sense to put it in the main event. My biggest quip with it was, well, obviously, fan exhaustion because the men's five v five v five took a lot out of everybody. Mm-hmm. So, I think it was just the the victim of a, another match being brilliant, but just watching it, I'm not sure those three actually had really good chemistry with each other. No. Mm, no. Like, no. I don't know, they were kind of just a little bit hesitant at points, but nothing really yeah. sort of clicked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you think you were saying, like, Shayna seemed a bit almost effortless with what she was... No, or, Danny. Danny, sorry. Um, we look very similar. Yeah. <laughs> like looking in a mirror. <laughs> I know. Yeah, so, so the effort was almost effortless. And the finish as well, again, it, it just, it was like one of Shayna Baszler's sort of earlier matches you know after mm. May Young Classic you know mm. still a bit green in the ring she just applies the Kirafuta clutch and that's it game over it, it, it didn't really scream like the Shayna we know today who's gradually evolved over time mm-hmm. what, what also killed it for me is Becky acting like a sore loser after the match mm. being up Shayna but you got taken on the outside you Bailey's the one who took the fall you didn't lose anything mm-hmm. here like you were kind of protected and like she's trying to get her heat back on. This is almost a Hulk Hogan move here, not yeah. not something yeah. to be fitting of Becky Lynch. Like, I think the only reason I can think they're doing that is eventually like, they've got another takeover in February. Baszler's probably going to lose it there to maybe Rhea Ripley because she's the best built woman in NXT right now. And then Baszler will go on to fight Becky Lynch like very soon. I'll be, I'll be honest, I just need to say I think Becky Lynch is better on Twitter than she is in the ring. She honestly, I, I don't, I don't see it. She's, do you know, she's hyped up more this. Do you know what killed that. Becky Lynch? Mm. See, obviously, the build to the Ronda Rousey match at Survivor Series that ended up not happening mm. was a very good build. She, her, her gimmick changed to becoming the man. It's a very good build. But the thing here was when people started going, she's the next Steve Austin. See, when you call mm-hmm. something the new this, not the new day, they're the exception to the rule, the new this, the next that, the next, you know, big thing, the next big star. As soon as you're comparing someone to Stone Cold Steve Austin, the expectation gets too high. And I think obviously the Lacey Evans feud, not not her fault, it went on too long. Being basically tethered to Seth to try and make Seth cool. Just so many things damaged it. And then, you know, people have a go at Charlotte. The early matches of Becky's man character that people 
rant and rave about. But again, Charlotte, having a good yeah. match with Charlotte isn't, you know, isn't an achievement. You know, she's like her dad. She is one of the best workers out there. It's just the fact that since then, she's not done anything on her own to in the ring to merit that. It's not even that. I mean, I mean, just as in, I'm watching her matches and I'm like, ah, there's nothing that's making me go, this, she's she's amazing. No, she's she's an amazing worker, but there's nothing that makes me go, this match is stunning out. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of, because there is women they've got, I mean, Asuka on NXT was just any match, she could have a bad match. Mm -hmm. You've got Kyrie Sane who, had the brilliant matches Shayna Baszler which had the triple threat with Bianca Belair and Nikki Cross I believe no who was it oh. was it Eo? Eo the Fatal 4 way was it the Fatal 4 way yeah Eo, Kyrie and Bianca yeah. aye aye oh. that match was you can, so you, you can kind of see you go Shayna can do triple threats in Fatal 4 way she can do something different but then I'm just like, watching this match going like that there's nothing it's no it's no building up building up building up it just kind of stayed at one mm. level then had it's finished and that was it. So, unfortunately a bit disappointing that the main event, when the women were given the chance, was received poorly. I think it was more the fact the crowd was tired out. Mm-hmm. But Shayna gets the win, NXT 4-2-1 winners. Scott, going forward, do you think, you mentioned you think Shayna might lose at the next takeover to yeah. Ripley. Is Shayna Baszler, yes or no, winning the Royal Rumble? I'm going to go in and limit say yes because they always do us a surprise number 30. Cool, right. Just not going into details, guys. Just we're, we're on our last one. I'll just go around the panel. And if it's a no, just quickly tell me who you think's won the win, Women's Rumble. Daniel, Women's Royal Rumble. I could see Shana doing this. I'll say yeah. Shana? Dave? Yeah, I can yeah. see it happening. Can you see it happening quicker? No. Who do you think's winning? Uh, <laughs> oh, one <can> dream. <laughs> Ripley. Ripley. Yeah, again, I'm going with Kwaku. I think Ripley. Ripley's going to go straight by the NXT title and go main roster. Fair enough. They could have her win it. And then at the NXT takeover, whoever the Raw SmackDown Women's Champion is, Costa. Keeps her safe, keeps the few Unless they do the whole yeah. option C. Say, listen, you can trade your title right. in for a spot in the Rumble. And. Ripley goes I could go for it fair enough right so just as we're going to wrap up because we've talked about the last match and we need to get out of the studio because it's roasting <laughs> uh, Daniel thoughts on Survivor Series thumbs up and would you like to see NXT in it next year overall thought thumbs up to how everything played out NXT mm. looked absolutely strong they made a lot of people look really great I think out of the horsewoman just quickly I think Sasha looked the best the whole night considering it took three people to beat her mm-hmm, fair so enough. Like, and next year I'll, I'd be interested to see NXT do it but just, just keep it to Raw Smackdown NXT don't bring in 205 don't bring in NXT UK just keep it to 3 because you know 3's if they add any more people it's just going to get really crowded Good enough uh, David quickly NXT came out swinging and I'm so happy for it so thumbs up to the event and I think the 3 brand is definitely the way going forward because you know I think more people are invested in NXT more than Raw Smackdown these days mm. Scott uh, yeah, NXT far surpassed expectations because a lot of people thought they were going to get squashed, but they came out, they won the night, so yeah, I'd give it a thumbs up. Going forward, I'd be happy to see them take past because it made this year's Survivor Series more interesting than the last few years, as long as this isn't a one time thing and the rest of the times that they're involved, they get squashed. 
and a leap instead of doing war games and war survivor series in the future make war games part of survivor series and do teams of three like from each brand in the match enough uh, quacker uh, great and great month for WWE the best month in a long long time mm-hmm. for them um, great survivor series and yes keep NXT on there Shrek we'll put it this way this is the first pay-per-view I've watched since Mania what, what does that say right. it was the only thing I looked at and I went NXP being added this is going to be brilliant so it was really really good it was really really interesting especially the, the, the usually you'd expect two guys to start and the teams mm-hmm. to be on the outside but like that we'll start out with my triple threat with the teams on the outside I thought well that's mm-hmm. a, a bit of different dynamic exactly how you should do triple threat yeah. tag matches aye fair enough so that's going to do it here for our Survivor Series 2019 review if you want to hear our thoughts on the Raw and Smackdown post Survivor Series sign up to our Patreon Patreon slash Suplex Retweet Dave and me did the Raw report Ryan and Ryan that's two Ryans there <laughs> we'll do the Smackdown report and Wednesday Night Wars with David a fallout of NXT War Games yep uh, so just thanks to my panel quickly Daniel uh, happy to be here thank you David thank you Scott thank you Quacker thank you Strack gracias and join us next week where we'll be talking mental health and wrestling hosted by Alan McLucas until then we'll see you then bye Listen, cunts, I don't care what the fuck you think you're doing. Whatever you think is more important with your life, you honking bag of dick tips. You know what you should be doing? You should be going online, you should be subscribing, you should be listening to the back catalogue of Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Whatever the fuck you're doing, that's what you should be doing. I don't care if it's your mum's birthday, I don't care if she's feeling contractions. Get on it right now!